What up, everyone? We are finally back with episode five. It's kind of been a long time. Corey and I kind of touch on that early in the pod where we talk about our motivation and just the whole uncertainty with with football even happening, you know, as we've gone throughout the summer. So we kind of touch on that. We touch on some recent weigh in numbers and how how we feel about those and what the impacts would be for Debbie and everything. And then we go into a C2C draft that we've had and kind of run down our list of who we've drafted, guys we've liked, guys we've missed, and then kind of finish it up with a mailbag. So sit back, enjoy, let's hit it. What's up, Corey? Uh, definitely been a long time since we were able to record i know i know you've been busy i've been pretty busy too even you know just when when we've been texting back and forth i you know i haven't had a whole lot to say a lot of times just because it's been kind of crazy but um you know how are things going man uh good uh it's glad to be back talking a little bit of college football and uh, i guess you know it's kind of been hard to find the motivation really to talk about college football with kind of some of the news that's going around you know We'll get into that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, it's definitely affected uh, the motivation to kind of get into this and tackle this. But, uh, you know, we've, we've got a recent Campus Canton draft we're doing. It's kind of bringing me back into this a little bit. So I figure, you know, we got to we got to get back in here and uh, start talking about some guys. Yeah, definitely. The, the motivation's definitely been rough for me all summer. Um, you know, I think in the back of my mind, I kind of felt like this was coming uh hopefully at this point maybe it's not every or not all of college football it's just you know obviously we got the big 10 and pac 12 hopefully that's where it stops at least in terms of the power five but yeah man motivation has definitely been tough but like you said doing the campus to canton now it's uh campus to giant devi right now for at least this <laughs> year um which is kind of crazy but i'm definitely disappointed not having any Big Ten, you know, Pac-12, I obviously follow, but not as closely. Um, it's always tough being on the East Coast and not, you know, in those late games showing up, you know, 10, 11 o'clock. It's uh, sometimes tough for me. But, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's rough. And there's a lot of guys, I think, well, maybe not a lot, but quite a few that we we like in, in both conferences that, that we're not going to miss out on on seeing play this year, which is a bummer. Right. And even I said, I, I think I tweeted it out a little while ago. I said, these guys could just play scrimmages against themselves and just do it every week with different fucking formations. And I'd fucking watch the shit. You know, I watch oh, it every, absolutely. I'd watch it every weekend to just, you know, try to, try, I hope they just try to figure out something to get us something to watch. You know, if it's just conference play, I'm fine with that. You know, like you said, we got the Pac-12 and the Big Ten out, but we still get the Big 12, the SEC and the ACC. That's still a lot of exciting guys to kind of watch. And, uh, you know, I'm... Um, I'm disappointed for uh, for a guy like Trey Sermon, who's kind of been our our guy for a while, who finally got a big opportunity to go to OSU, and uh, he's going to miss out on his senior season now. So I don't know how that happen, what happens with him. Does he get another year eligibility and stay another year, but then he's a year older for NFL purposes? You know, there's a lot of questions around a lot of these guys now. Yeah, man, I really feel for that dude. You know, transfers from OU to Ohio State, looking like he's in a great situation there. And now he's not playing there and Oklahoma's looking at this point, like the big 12 is going to be playing. So yeah, it just sucks, man. You know, nobody could really see that coming, but yeah, it's a good point. I don't know what he does from here. I had, you know, I think we both had pretty high hopes for him this year 
and at least if, if nothing else, it was kind of like the last chance for him to prove himself. And yeah, now it's, now he can't do that. So it's a, it's definitely a good question whether or not he sticks around or what he, if he goes and tries to prove himself in the, you know, the pre-draft process. Yeah, it'll be interesting, man. There's, you know, a few other players. I know neither of us were really high on, uh, on Max Borgie, but he's another one, you know, it's going to be negative effect negatively affected here. You know, it sucks just not seeing Bateman with him opting out anyway. Rondale's Rondale Moore's doing the same thing, opting out. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these Debbie guys that we've been high on for, for a couple of years, we're just not going to get, get to see. Um, hopefully they can land on our, on an NFL roster sooner rather than later, you know, next year. And so we can, at least get them in good situations so that we're, we're happy Debbie owners once again. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, we're both not big on the guy, but, the but Borgie, uh, everybody was hoping he was going to see this rushing volume now to kind of boost his stock. Cause he's always been the receiving guy, but how does he get viewed now next year? I mean, if he decides to come out, does he, does he look like uh, just a receiving back? Is he Danny Woodhead or are people going to try to say he's, He's a multi-purpose back and he can carry the ball 300 times. I don't know. I, I honestly think that he could be viewed a lot lower than a lot of people are going to think. So, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting year for a lot of these guys. You know, a lot of the juniors and stuff, you know, I'm sure they're going to give them maybe an extra year of eligibility. I mean, if they needed a big year, they'll probably stay for the senior year and hopefully have a big season and still hopefully won't affect their, their NFL stock too much. You know, guys like Amon Ra or. Yeah. I mean, like even with, uh, you know, I've been pumping up Michael Penix kind of all, you know, all off season, it was finally time for him to take over at IU as the starting quarterback. You know, he had kind of been in that role and then fighting with Peyton Ramsey before Ramsey transferred out. So it was, you know, it was all on, uh, Michael Penix and man, you know, I'm, uh, I'm disappointed. I think, especially with the IU team coming off their best season, uh, in a long time last year. And now, you know, it's, it's, kind of up in the air what's going to happen to them. You I know, mean, they've never been a very strong football mm-hmm. team in in the Big Big 10, but you know, hopefully they can still keep some kind of momentum going, but um yeah, it's it's nothing else to say, man. It's just it's disappointing that we're not going to see these guys playing. Um yeah, and one of the, you know, I saw you tweeted out recently, um seems to have gotten a lot of run is uh a lot of reported weights that you had noticed you know, kind of across, um, across the rosters in college football. And I know you highlighted quite a few names. Do you want to touch on any of them? Uh, yeah, you know, so, I mean, even we could go through the list here and kind of just, uh, j- just stop at the guys we kind of think, you know, that deserve a little more attention, you know, I mean, right off the bat, we got, uh, Tamori and Terry who went from two Oh, two Oh three. I think he played at last year all the way up to two twenty two this year. And I mean, I know you love the guy. Uh, I'm I'm slowly coming aboard here now. I mean, if, if this guy is truly keeping that speed at 222, I mean, we could be looking at another DK Metcalf coming into the combine next year. Yeah, man, I'm I'm really pumped for Terry. You know, I was already happy kind of at where he was, but it, you know, adding a little bit of strength uh, because he is kind of tall, adding a little bit more to to his figure. That's going to be helpful, especially come you know time for the NFL. He won't get muscled around by some of these, you know, safeties or cornerbacks that are that are out there. So, you know, like you said, if he keeps that speed, man, and I've already seen some of the highlights just from practice, you know, he's he's looking pretty tough out there. Um, you know, I've had him as my wide receiver too for a little while now, and he's 
hopefully starting to kind of live up to that. And I think people are really starting to come around. Like you, like you said. Yeah. I really like to see Terry at that weight now. Um, but, uh, continuing down the list here, we got John Emery at LSU. He's up from two Oh three, all the way up to two fifteen. You like to see that for him. Hopefully he can emerge out of that backfield there. Uh, Bryce young, uh, quarterback for Alabama freshman. He's, well, a lot of people were kind of down about his weight to begin with at 190, but reports are he's up 20 pounds, which would put him at 210, so that would be uh, good to see. Uh, Javian Hawkins, smaller running back at 184, up to 196. Jamar Chase from 200, 208. I don't think we had any concerns anyways, but it's just something to note. Uh, Jay Sean Corbin, a guy that I've kind of liked for a while, going to get a nice chance right now at FSU. Uh, he's from 210 to 220. Um, Keontae Ingram kind of had a weird thing going on where – he was 220 last year. All of a sudden, I look at the website. He's 235, and that kind of worried me a little bit. I didn't really want to see him play it that weight. Right. But then, yeah, now all of a sudden, he's back down to 222. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see him play at that weight. I don't want to see him play any bigger, but he's definitely got uh, a fierce freshman coming down his back from, with Bijan Robinson, who's up to 222 from 205. Yeah, that's a huge jump for a freshman, especially with limited, you know, I don't know what kind of involvement they've had uh, to this point, but yeah, I mean, without any kind of like little camps and spring football and everything, that's a, he, he's been spending some time in the workout room for sure. Yeah. And they were even posting uh, all over Twitter uh, videos of him catching the ball and he was getting it one handed in the back of the end zone. I mean, the hype on this guy is going to be unreal. He's become impossible to get in drafts now because he's going yeah. to like the third of startups, even the end of the second in startups now. So, I mean, he's become that guy now, you know, he's, he's going to be that guy that's impossible to get. If you didn't have him, good luck trying to get him now. But uh, continuing down our wait list here, um, we got Travis Etienne and this one was a big surprise. I mean, uh, Dabble came out in an interview and said, Etienne weighed in at 199 from, he was listed at about 210 last year on the website. So at 199, he said, he's looking, he went, his goal was to get leaner. His goal was to get faster. And he said, he looked great out there. So what's your feeling on this 199? Yeah. Uh, I don't love it as a, you know, Etienne owner uh, in multiple leagues. Um, you know, I'm kind of hoping he's, he's slimming down a little bit to kind of bulk up, you know, and just kind of have, you know, come in with maybe a lower body fat percentage. <clears throat> I know I saw on Twitter a couple times that people thought he looked a, a touch slower than he had the previous season. So I wonder if this has a little bit to do with it, where he just felt like he was running a little bit heavy and needed to just slim down. I mean, you know, even two years ago, he still looked strong, even at, you know, if he was kind of back in that 200 range. So it, it concerns me a little bit. Thankfully, we're going to get to see him play. Um, but, you know, I guess it's just the new thing this year. Last year, it was him saying he was afraid to catch the ball at times. You know, this year, it's it's the weight, and yet he's going to go out there and run for 1,600 yards like he always does and, you know, put everything to bed. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned, but I guess we'll just wait and see. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I don't really like – the fact that he's that he's sub 200 now, but hopefully he's going to uh, climb now. You know, he's going to get the less body fat, become more sculpted, look like a better back. Maybe he's going to play around that 205, 210 range. Um, am I worried about it? Not really. You know, I, I think we even saw it uh, in a couple of years past now with, I, I mean, Miles Gaskin out of, uh, out of Washington, where these guys, they bulk up when their best trait was their speed and their agility and everything like that. 
and then they bulk up for the combine and they time slower they they look slower everything and then they end up going in the sixth seventh round so maybe there's something to this maybe etienne knows his trump card is that acceleration that burst and uh playing at 200 205 maybe that's that's his sweet spot for him yeah for sure and it's you know not to make a big deal out of it because it's not like there's guys playing at that weight in the nfl right now as it is um i know you and i just kind of like to see kind of in that you know, 215 to 225 ish range. I think for, for guys that we feel like are going to be multiple down running backs in the NFL. Definitely. And, uh, continuing down the list here, a couple names to check off, you know, uh, Gene Daniels at ASU, small guy at 175. People got big hopes for him. He's up to 185. Still want to see, uh, some more pounds out of him. Need him to get him around that 200 pound range, but I definitely like him. Uh, two two Atwell at Louisville, one fifty three to one sixty five. So I mean, uh, I even saw on Twitter today. Uh, he's not going to get blown away in the wind anymore, but he might get pushed sideways <laughs> a little bit. So, <laughs> uh, Jerry on Ely, he's up from uh, one eighty to one ninety. Um, George Helani out of Boise State, he's one ninety two to two hundred five. Nico Collins, two twenty two down to two fifteen. Uh, Tyler Goodson out of Iowa, one ninety to two hundred, and Brew McCoy out of USC is two ten to two twenty. So. You know, I'm a, I'm pretty happy with all these weights. I don't think anything stands out besides the ones we talked about. I like to see that Jaden is getting a couple pounds. I like to see that Ely's gotten a couple pounds. You know, they might not be in the range that we hope for yet, but I think they're on the right path, and they still got a lot of time left. Yeah, for sure. And you also missed uh, Journey going from 206 to 215 as well. Oh, um, how could I miss that? Jeez, yeah, that's a big <laughs> one. I just skipped right yeah, over that yeah, one. I, yeah. I think that's a – yeah, definitely for him, you know, nice to add that exercise. Um, again, unfortunately, we're not going to get to see him play. So, you know, that'll be another interesting case. Does he go off the tape that he showed last year, late last year, uh, is when he really came on? Um, I don't think he would stick around. I think he would still get a fairly decent draft grade, you know, going into the next year, next year draft. But um, yeah, I think getting up to the two fifteen, if he can still test well, I think it'll, it'll be a good boost for him. Yeah. I think that two fifteen is going to really solidify an already pretty brilliant profile. When you look at some of those testing numbers coming out of PSU and, and you look at how he finished the end of that season. Yeah. We'd like to see another season out of him, but I mean, there's guys like Josh Jacobs getting drafted off of very limited work roles in, in college. So I, I honestly think his best chance is probably to enter in a class that probably has questions after those first three guys. And he could pretty much be looked at as RB four or even higher by the time we, the, the draft comes around, who knows? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the other big aspect on some of these with the big 10 and the PAC 12, it's, you know, if these guys stick around, how does that impact the freshmen that are coming in that, you know, maybe highly rated and you're hoping can see the field sooner rather than later. And now they're probably delayed a year, which is unfortunate as well. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting aspect of it. I mean, I, I even wonder what happens to the next draft classes. So now a bunch of guys stay behind and get another year of eligibility or even juniors who stayed behind. What if they get another year and stay the extra two years? So now are we looking at 2022 with a draft full of guys or are we looking at 21 with a draft of guys we don't even know, don't even have tape or like, uh, you know, it, it's going to make for an interesting two years recovering from this whole process. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I think especially in the, in the NFL draft with a lot of these skill guys, there's going to be, you know, hits and misses or more, I think misses 
early on or more hits later on in the draft where it's just going to be deep and less time for these guys to have scouted, scouted people. Um, It'll be interesting to see where some of these favorites for, for Debbie end up in the draft itself. You mentioned early on, you know, that we, we have been doing the campus to Canton league. Uh, it's pretty cool. You know, I've, I've had a good time doing it so far. Um, I don't even know how many picks we got left. Uh, I don't know. We're in round 20 right now. I think somewhere around round 22 and it's at a 30. So we're about eight picks left or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been a deep one and it's, it's been fun. You know, it's, it's a lot of good guys. It's a lot of the other uh, Devi podcasters out there. Uh, the Devi manual, uh, uh, kickers matter. Devi, um, Devi happy hour, uh, Devi deep dive. Devi deep dive. Yeah, Brandon Lejeune. Yeah, he puts out great content on his YouTube as well. Check that out. Uh, but yeah, all these guys, great guys. Uh, make sure you follow them on Twitter as well. So uh, yeah, it's been a fun league. It's been fun starting it. Yeah, and even the you know the fans that have you know I call them fans, but really I mean they've they've been right there making great picks. It's not like these guys aren't knowledgeable about what they're doing. So yeah, I mean it's been it's been a tough draft, man. We've you know I think we you know, I had our share early on of guys that we were able to grab that maybe other people liked, but lately, man, it feels like, you know, you'll hit me up and say, Hey, what do you think of this guy? You know, coming up on our, we're coming up on our pick, you know, we'll start talking about him. Then boom, he goes, um, you know, it's happened. It seems like multiple times lately that it's almost like we don't want to even want to mention these guys anymore. (laughs) It's just like, you know, don't, don't tell me who you like. Let's wait till we're actually on the clock. But yeah, seriously, I don't even understand how it keeps happening. It's like, is somebody hacking our shit? Like, is somebody, like, spying <laughs> on us here? Because I don't understand. It's like, even, we were talking about uh, Puka at a, at a Washington, and I swear to God, like, it, it seemed like nobody had talking about this guy for months. And not even a day later, I think that that guy, I, I can't even remember his, his at, uh, FF Red or something like that, and he posts a big big thread and big video on Puka, and then he goes, like, two picks later, and I'm like, come on. Right. <laughs> yeah. Definitely quite a few of though, but, um, yeah, let's kind of talk. I mean, we've kind of gone back and forth with, um, with guys that we like in the draft. So give me a rundown of, of the different picks we've made that you, you're really high on that you like. Uh, you know, so, uh, I'm pretty happy with the, with the way our philosophy started with this draft starting out because we kind of like took a young approach. I mean, we're Devi guys at heart. We're kind of a little bit newer to the campus cat and league and, and college football uh, fantasy in general. So, you know, we kind of treated it a lot like Devi where we kind of loaded up on our, our, our Canton side. And now we're going to take our, our shots on freshmen that we really like and, and sophomores that are ready to break out. And now with everything that's going on, I think we actually made a pretty damn good decision there taking all these young guys. So, uh, so I'm pretty happy with the way our team is uh, shaking out. Um, but early on, I think one of my favorite picks that we made was um, in round five, we took uh, Jameer Gibbs who uh, just uh, committed to Georgia tech. You know, he was uh, the number eight running back on uh, two, four, seven sports. Uh, he's only five, nine, 190 pounds, but you know, if we're talking about a small guy like that, we're talking about a guy that has some damn good athleticism, some damn good speed. You know, he's got crazy, crazy good footwork. I love to watch this guy run. He's a decisive runner. That's what I like to call him because he always seems to know where he's going to go three steps before he gets there. You know, he's, he's always got his lane picked out already. He's a very decisive runner and he's tricking guys all over the place. I mean, his senior season, he had 2,500 yards and 40 touchdowns. So, I mean, this guy's, this guy's got it. 
Yeah. And I'm happy to, to have him on our team. And I'm glad that on the campus Canton side, because I think that he has a chance to, to contribute early. I mean, I know they got a guy by the name of Jordan Mason there. Some guys like him, especially for college football, but uh, he only had like 900 yards last year. I don't think he's guaranteed anything. You know, I, I think, uh, I think he's got some really opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, kind of like you said with the philosophy, there was always the, the looming COVID risk where maybe there isn't any college football at all. So I think that's definitely influenced how we approach this for sure. You know, I think we've, what we've tried to do is get guys like you said, like Gibbs, where we know they will be productive also for the, you know, for the campus side of things, but at the same time as, as a Debbie as well, going into our NFL team, we are confident that like this guy could be a stud, you know, in the next few years and really, really help us out. So, yeah. I mean, is there anyone else you want to highlight? I, you know, obviously we took my guy to Terry in the second round. Um, I was pretty happy with that one. Just, I think we were going back and forth between him and Amon Ra. Um, you know, at least I guess we'll get to see Terry play this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and another pick that I really liked that we ended up getting was uh, a guy by the name of Traylon Burks out of uh, Arkansas. Uh, this guy's really grown on me. The more we I've watched him, the more I've dove into him this offseason. He wasn't really on my radar to start last year, you know, but uh, he's 6'3", 230 pounds, so he's a big guy. But this guy's hands catch everything. I mean, he's adjusting to the poorly thrown balls out there. You know, he kind of reminds me of the guy you like, uh, Seth Williams. He really does. He, he's out there making unbelievable catches all over the place, you know, but... Um, there's no verified numbers on his speed to this point, so I don't know what he's going to test as. Uh, to me, he looks like a pretty quick prospect out there. I mean, he, he's a pretty dynamic guy. He's returning kicks for them. He's returning punts for them. He rushes the ball for them. He even got in the backfield to play uh, quarterback a couple times, but uh, he only completed one pass. I mean, uh, not even complete, sorry, attempted one pass. <laughs> it was incomplete. But uh, regardless, it's a unique skill set. He's got it. You know, he's even up for the Paul Horning Award this year, which is the most versatile player in college. So, yeah, you know, I think Arkansas is on the way up. I think uh, they're always kind of the forgotten team in the SEC. Um, you know, they're trying to work their way back. Uh, he, he's got good running mates in Knox and Woods. Uh, they brought in Felipe Franks this year. Um, we'll see what he does. I'm not a huge Felipe Franks guy. I do like a kid they got uh, by the name of KJ Jefferson, who was a high recruit last year. And uh, he saw some playing time last year, showed some nice flashes, and I'm kind of hoping to get him late in this uh, C2C draft. So uh, hopefully we don't post this too early. Yeah, I mean, that that Arkansas offense is kind of sneaky, interesting with Boyd and, you know, like you said, Jefferson, you got Burks, Woods. Who else is – there's one other wide receiver that I, I'm blanking on the name. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a interesting offense for sure. Um, I think – Early on, um, you know, it was interesting. We we both liked David Bell, ended up missing out on him. And then when we saw the Rondale news break that he was opting out, we got, ex- you know, kind of bummed that we weren't going to – that we didn't grab David Bell. Oh, definitely. Um, and then now he's not playing anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously still, still bummed because I do think he's going to be really good. But, you know, maybe not as much um, anymore. You know, we grabbed Eric Gilbert. Maybe – maybe reached on him a little bit. Um, but he's another guy that I thought could have been a huge bonus in the campus side of things. And obviously he's one of the, you know, the highest rated tight ends to come out of high school in a long time. So, you know, I think 
it's kind of kind of a bummer we're not going to be able to do the campus side really uh, but I'm excited to have him, him have him on our team yeah and with our tight end premium scoring on the on the Canton side I'm actually not even sure if it's on the campus side but on the Canton side anyways I mean we're talking about two points per reception so I mean Gilbert could be a huge asset I don't even think we really reached in the third I honestly think if we had waited I don't think he was making it back around I really don't with the with the hype he's been getting and I mean you listen to the way LSU's talking about him they're going to use him at wide receiver they're going to use him at tight end and he's going to see the field early so I love that pick it's it's a pick I'm falling in love with and if there was any league to, to pick a tight end this freaking early which we even talked about in the last pod we don't like to do but this was the league to do it yeah for sure um and i think maybe even the next pick after that was was it did we take demos that early or was he a little bit rare i, I know no, no we did we took him that early we definitely did <laughs> yeah um and you know me dude that's a a guy that i've been talking about for over a year at this point so i know it disappointed um some people in the league that were that were really high on him, but man, I'm I feel pretty good about grabbing him, and um, you know I think I've got him just about everywhere possible in our <laughs> across our leagues. So yeah, I mean, so uh, I don't I don't get any damn shares of this guy now because you own him freaking everywhere. But <laughs> uh, at least I, at least we got him together in this one, and I'm hopeful that we're watching him do backflips in the NFL field four years from now or whatever. How many years he's going to take to get there? Sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I hate to just run down every, every pick that we've made, but I do feel like, you know, we've, we kind of hit that zone where it's like, all right, guys like Trey Sermon, Zamir White, they're still out there, still could be productive, even though there is a lot of question marks around them. Is Zamir somebody you're still kind of high on coming into this year? Georgia seems to always have a lot of running backs and this year is really no different with, with the running back room that they have. Yeah. And again, we were worried about the COVID thing. So I was down on Zamir. I think even around this time, we were starting to hear uh, rumors of a college shutting down completely. And I think that's why he kind of kept falling. Because if you look at some other drafts, even uh, some ADP that some guys have made, Zamir is, is near the top. He's not reaching, he's not passing round four. You know, uh, so when he's falling this far, it becomes a value at that point. we got to take the damn shot and look on this guy. And now that the SEC is looking like they're going forward, it, uh, they are going to play. I do. I am. I am starting to like him a little bit more. You know, he's going to get the workload there. You know, he's going to get a chance to showcase his skills. I mean, as long as this guy doesn't come down with COVID or whatever, he should have a pretty damn good season. And I mean, he, he was a, the number one rated running back at one time. So maybe he's going to test super well. The, the knees will be interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to get Zamir here and I'm glad to get Sermon here. And in this range, there were, there wasn't much better you could do. I mean, we'll take two shots on two guys looking for big years. Yeah, no doubt. Um, another guy kind of in this range, I think we took him a couple rounds even after that. I guess it was around nine. Um, you know, Frank Darby is kind of a – a guy that I had pegged as, as a guy that I was interested in, kind of one of my deep sleepers. Um, and he's he's a guy that's really going to get hurt by the Pac-12 not playing. Um, you know, he's a senior, so I'm not really sure what he does. I don't know. You know, it's unfortunate. If he gets another year of eligibility, maybe he comes back. But again, like you said, I think early on, you know, then they're a year older. But right now, I don't think he has the profile to be a, you know, even a mid-range draft pick. You're looking six, seven undrafted, I think, at this point for him. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, I was starting to get on the Frank Derby train too. I mean, they've had a great track record with wide receivers lately. I mean, they've gotten uh, Nikhil Harry and uh, Ayuk both going the first round the past two years. And Jaden Daniels is balling out. So uh, I was sure that Derby was going to have a big season. I think even round nine may have even been a little high for some people. But for us, like we were on board. We really liked the idea of it. We thought he was going to have a big season. So yeah, I'm, that's that's definitely one of the ones I'm disappointed in like fully uh, he's up there with Trey Sermon for me for, for I'm disappointed. And uh, hopefully, I think, to me, his best chance is to probably stay another year. I know he's going to be a year older, but it, it's not crazy. There's guys that come into the NFL that old anyway. So I think his best chance is probably to come back the year, play another year with Jane Daniels and ball out. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and even along those lines, you know, you've got, I think you and I have talked talked about it, but with uh, Likens going to Miami, um, and now I'm jumping all over our draft at this point. Cause then I think it was in round 20 that we took, uh, Peyton from Miami. So, you know, that's a guy that I think Likens had talked up saying he's as talented as anyone he's coached. And, you know, it, I feel good to have grabbed him at that point, uh, in the draft. Cause yeah, if he can put forth kind of the, the talent that Likens is seeing, and obviously, you know, we've got coach speak, who knows how serious he is about it. But when you look at Nikhil Harry and Brandon Ayuk being drafted in the first round, yeah, I like hearing that. I'm going to take a chance on a freshman wide receiver at Miami uh, after hearing that. Oh, definitely. And uh, I think I showed you his huddle tape the, the minute I watched it. I yeah. mean, this guy, ha- this guy has some crazy hands. He was making one-handed grabs out there, acrobatic catches. You know, I think he can still be a little bit more refined in the route running. We talked about that too, but but he's he's running through traffic. He's making these crazy catches. And, and you know, he, he kind of gave me um, Jarvis Landry, Landry vibes. I mean, I, I even posted that one clip, I think, sure. on our Twitter. You can even go check it out on uh, our Debbie Dispensary Twitter. Um, yeah, he, he runs a screen and he takes it. And the way he's going through traffic, I mean, it, it reminds me of kind of like that Golden Tate, that Jarvis Landry. He, he's super good in traffic, it feels like. But um, but yeah, uh, coming out, uh, the only the only knock on him, I guess, is that he did test pretty poorly. He did he did test a four point seven forty. But uh, to me, this kid plays way faster than that, and we've gone over it before. I mean, look at the Laforty times of Justin Jefferson and DK Metcalf when they were coming sure. out, and then tell me tell me how, how this guy's going to test. So so yeah, I'm really uh, glad to have got him, but. Uh, but, but sticking with Miami here, um, there's another guy we grabbed uh, a few rounds earlier than that uh, that I'm big on. And it's starting to feel like I might be the only guy. I think I kind of convinced you on this one. But uh, Jalen Knighton, which is a running back uh, in the 2020 class, uh, he was a number 10 running back in the class. Uh, he's a four-star guy. He's 5'9", 200 pounds. But, um, uh, yeah, he's got a 4.4940. He's a shifty guy. Uh, I loved watching his tape, but I think a lot of a lot of people are on Don Chaney, who was another uh, recruit that went there this year. Yep. But, but uh, yeah, I was I was looking into it, and back in February, Don Chaney actually had a procedure done to his shoulder, so his time in camp or leading up to the season, or whatever, is actually questionable. They say he's going to be ready for the season, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. But all that tells me is that Jalen Knighton probably has the running back two spot locked up for now. Uh, at least through camp or through training, whatever, leading up to the season. He's going to get most of the reps, and he's probably going to come in as running back too. I mean, the job is probably Cameron Harris's, which uh, is a guy there. I think he's sophomore. He might be in his junior season. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I really like this Jalen Knighton guy, and I think uh, he could be big for the U. And I think that he could actually be the guy people should be paying attention to instead of Don Chaney. Sure. 
you know, speaking about Miami too, it's kind of interesting. They're definitely one of those teams that I think is starting to kind of progress forward. Um, you know, I, they've, they've been good in the past. They're kind of one of those traditional powerhouses um, with a few down years. I think with D.R. King there, you know, the offense could really get going a little bit. And Tennessee is another, you know, kind of classic powerhouse team in college football that I think is really, really high on my list in terms of what they're doing. I think I was telling you, you know, three years ago was a top 15 recruiting class. Then two years ago was a top 10. Then last year, or maybe it's this year, they're working on on a top five recruiting class. So, you know, I think Jeremy Pruitt's got that team really going in the right direction. Eric Gray's been a guy that I've been, you know, banging the drum for for a long time now. Um, but then we got Malachi Weidman coming in um, as one of our last couple picks in the, I think it was in the 23rd round. Um, you know, I think that's a guy that was he top 10 in, uh, in the two, four, seven rankings or just outside of that. I mean, he's kind of right there and he's another guy that I think we're pretty, both pretty high on. Yeah, he was definitely, I think a, a consensus top 20 guy across most of the sites, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys want, you can look up this guy on Twitter and he's actually, I think he won the dunk competition back in high school. Uh, he's got some crazy videos on Twitter of him just leaping all over the place. So, I think his athleticism is through the roof. And uh, I think, what is he, 6'3", 190 pounds or something. So he's got a nice body to, that he's coming in with to fill out there in Tennessee. He's going to be hooked up with a guy that I think that we are both hoping to get. We missed out on, which really hurt, which was Harrison Bailey, guy, uh-huh. we re- freshman quarterback we really like and we we're hoping to get our hands on. But, yeah, he's going to be linked up with him, and hopefully we'll see, we'll see something out of him in a couple of years. Yeah, I think I, I tweeted it out either yesterday or the day before that, yeah, this Tennessee team, I think – it's going to start, we're going to start hearing a whole lot more about them in the in these next few years. I think they've got some real playmakers. And like you said, it kind of starts probably with Harrison Bailey when he takes over that offense, you know, we're both really high on him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, we've got a few other picks. I don't know if you want to highlight anyone else necessarily. Um, I guess maybe we can talk about Trey Annum since, you know, I think we're both a little bit higher on him than we are Daniel Nada. Um, you know, what, what do you see with Tranum that, that you like more? Uh, you know, and it, it, this kind of goes with the Miami thing too, which is uh, not a kind of came in hurt nursing an injury. So I think, and Tranum was getting reported, taking the first team reps in early spring and, and getting uh, integrated into the, into the playbook and, and handling it really well, picking it up really well. And, you know, t- to me, it's the body types too. I mean, I got size bias. I think a lot of us have size bias, but but Nada uh, has is what five nine, one hundred and eighty pounds. I mean that that's that's a scat back to me. That's somebody who's going to be explosive. He, he's going to get plays on the college level. It's not let's not throw him out the window. He's he's going to be productive. But to me, a guy like Trainum projects better to the NFL. You know he he's he's reportedly two twenty or two thirty pounds. I've I've. I've looked everywhere. I've seen reported both 220 or 230. Either way, he's a big boy. He's at 5'11", and he's reportedly an athletic freak. He's got a 600-pound squat. He runs a 4.540, and he's got a 370-pound bench press. I mean, so this guy's got it all. And uh, I think there's a big opportunity there post, you know, Benjamin. There's not a lot of guys. They're saying that one of these freshmen could start right away, and Trainum's already got his foot in the door. So, I I mean, uh, running back, the running back coach, Antonio Pierce, he had this quote that I want to read out. He goes, 
We wanted a big back that was going to be the feature of our program, which we've been trying to accomplish for the past two years, and we finally got him now. Diamante is 230 pounds of rocked up muscles. This is obviously a very good class for our offense. Lots of guy, lots of good guys to help us surround Gene Daniels. I mean, that right there is telling me that they're they're already singling this guy out. They're already talking about him playing on the field with Jaden Daniels, ready to go. So so yeah, I'm on board. I'm I'm right behind this guy. This to me, this feels like last year when everybody was trying to decide between Brees Hall and uh, who was the other guy. I can't even I can't even remember his name. That's so much of a nobody he's become now. But it, it, the guy that Brees Hall was fighting with at Iowa State, this right. feels like that. And I, and they were it's coming out that Brees Hall was was looking better. And this is what I feel like that is to me. I'm getting behind Trainum, and I really think that if the if the Pac-12 was playing, that Trainum would be leading this team. Yeah, I guess we should have specified that you know some of these guys we're talking about unfortunately just aren't going to have a season, but. You know, such is life in 2020. You yeah. don't know what's going to happen. So That's it, man. <laughs> so give me, you know, do you have like maybe two guys that we've missed out on? Or maybe, you know, maybe weren't even close, but it would have been nice to grab. Who were two guys that you would have really liked to have had uh, in this league? Um, one has been a guy that's kind of been getting talked up between me and you, privately at least. But it's Frank Ladson out of Clemson. You know, I, we knew that uh, Joe Nada was going to go early. We knew that. So I wanted to get a damn piece. And we did get a piece later with EJ Williams. But, I mean, he's still a freshman. But, yeah, I was really hoping to get a piece of Frank Ladson. We've talked about him before. Seems like the, he was the fastest guy on Clemson, reported by some people. So, yeah, I'm a, I was upset for that one. <laughs> that that Puka one still still kills me, man. Because yeah. I, I really <laughs> thought we had something there, man. <laughs> I, thought we were, I thought we were getting the value there. And then that guy posted that video. I was just like, come on, man. But, but yeah, what about you, man? You feel like we missed out on anybody here really bad? Yeah, I mean, not really missed out. Obviously, you know, I was bummed when I saw Eric Gray go. Um, yep. You know, he's a guy that obviously I've been, uh, as I've said, been very high on for a long time now. I think I've literally drafted him in every single Devi that we have <laughs> to the point where it's not even a guess. People are just like, all right, well, I'm pretty sure that's what Doug's doing. So, hmm. um you know, I think in our latest Dynasty Showdown, the uh, Devi draft, it was I didn't surprise anybody with with Eric Gray. So, hey, you took him while Antonio Gibson was still on the board, man. That's big for you. Yeah, I did, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially uh, the, the news had just came out like while your pick was happening too. I was like, it was, yeah, I was on Gibson. the clock. <laughs> um, yeah, to me, you know, obviously I like Gibson. I like, but I liked him at a much cheaper cost, you know, than what I think he was then going for at that exact moment. Yeah. And he went the next pick, I think. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. Um, with, with Prez. Yeah. He, he gobbled him up. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, you know, I mean, so just, you know, he's doomed now because he's with Prez. So you made a good pick. Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna have to trade him off the other, other <laughs> Debbie that I got him on. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, seeing him, you know, that's, um, it's tough not having Eric gray. Cause I've literally got him everywhere. <laughs> Um, and then I think David Bell was the other one. Cause I think he, um, let's see, he may have gone like right before, or right after one of our picks. And we were kind of hoping maybe he would swing back around. Um, right. Right. I think that was exactly what it was. We were on a swing and I think we yeah. took, we took Eric Gilbert cause we really freaking wanted him. I think that's what it yeah. was. And then on yeah. the swing, we were hoping because cause we had talked about Bell at that pick and we were like, it, man, we should be taking this guy here. And then, wouldn't you know what? I think he went right, right after, after our pick there. So, yeah. Um, one of the other interesting things that I just want to point out is I, we got DJ Williams in the 10th round. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that, 
Brandon had taken him in or taken tank in the fifth round. Um, I'm going to have to have a, a different conversation with Brandon to kind of <laughs> figure out why he's so high on tank. Cause uh, I, I like the guy for sure. Um, but you know, I was high on DJ Williams coming out last year or coming into Auburn last year. And then I don't think he really did anything to dissuade me from not liking him coming into this year. I thought when he, when he had the reps, he was pretty productive. So do you have a, a strong take on either of those two? I know, you know, tanks kind of a bigger guy, uh, which is kind of definitely more up your alley with running backs. So um, I'm sure you like him as well. Yeah, I definitely do like Tank, but I mean, you got me on the DJ train, I think, early, and uh, I think it was when he was even coming into his freshman year. I mean, we were talking about how he used to play quarterback. Uh, I wrote for I wrote a story for him coming into this year, an article on uh, the Breakout Finder. You can find it there, kind of writes about his year, uh, but he should look for this year anyways, and uh, the role he's going to see. But uh, yeah, I was big on him, and I was honestly surprised to see him there in the 10th round. And, you know, it even kind of shocked me. I even went to go look around. So I went to look at other rankings. I went to look at other things. And, you know, Devi Watch has this guy at, like, running back, like, 15. It's like, so we're not the only ones on this train. So the fact that we got him, the fact that we got him here in round 10, I think is a great value to us. I think they're going to be disappointed that they went with Tank so early. You know, I think DJ Williams has got a bright future. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism, it seems like. And he's raw. I mean, he... The, the upside is tremendous because he's got so much to learn still. And he already looked good last year playing against SEC defenses. I mean, the game against LSU, I think he had 130 yards on like freaking nine carries. So, I mean, the, yeah. yeah, the guy's got upside. Yeah, and I'm fully on board with that here. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we respect the guys over at Devi watch a ton. So when they're saying, you know, they've got a guy in the top 15, I'm definitely paying attention as well. Yeah. Um, and the only other guy I just want to mention because I know he's you've been talking him up for a long time is Ramon Davis. He went in the, the ninth round. Probably somebody we could have, you know, targeted earlier. Maybe we should have, and maybe we're missing missing out on that one. But you know, I know he's a guy that you re- you really like going into next year. Yeah, I mean, he had a productive a productive freshman season. I mean, I don't know what else you want to ask for the for out of the guy. He's got the he's got good size. He's got good feet. I mean, uh, I was hoping that we were going to get him i had a feeling he was going to go in between like somewhere around that area because i think we made the last pick i can't remember because i don't even have the draft board up here but uh, we made i made the last pick and decided with you making the last pick knowing that i probably wasn't going to get davis but i mean luckily i've managed to get this guy on a couple others so i'm pretty happy that uh, i do have him on some other devies and uh still get to ride along with him through his career so uh yeah, it's nice to see that he's starting to get the respect he deserves because at the beginning of this offseason, I felt like he was pretty underrated. Yeah, he's definitely been rising up ADP from what I've seen. Um, I haven't looked at specific ADP numbers. I know Debbie Watch does have a pretty good you know record of what the month-to-month uh, ADPs are. I'll have to take a look at that um, just to get a better idea. But, you know, are there any other guys that, that you really want to highlight, you want to talk about? Um, yeah, the only guy we didn't really mention was the guy who's hopefully going to be the quarterback of the future for our team is Spencer Rattler. And I mean, we took him nice and early. I think uh, we decided to target quarterback early because of uh, the way our uh, Canton side sh- shook out because these guys are quarterback crazy. But I'm really happy to get Rattler. I think he's going to blow up with Oklahoma. I think he's going to work himself into a first round pick. I mean, the track record is there with the, with the guys in there. So let's just hope Trey Lance doesn't end up uh, transferring over to OU. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know, I mean, I've seen people talking about that. I just don't see any way Lincoln 
tries to bring in Trey Lance. No, I don't, I don't think Rattler. so. I, I just, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously Rattler is a guy that I like a lot. Um, you know, he's, he, like you said, he's going to put up numbers. I mean, that's what Oklahoma quarterbacks do. Um, yeah. If he can keep his shit together, I think he's going to have a really productive, you know, next couple of years. Um, even next three years, I guess, going into the, into the draft. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think we've kind of exhausted our, our C to C league. So, um, I know you've, you know, we've both kind of been hit up with a few questions lately, so maybe cover a couple of those just to kind of close us out. And, um, why don't you give me one of the questions? All right. Well, this one comes from Sal Kusumano. And he asks, what positions seem to slip through the cracks more frequently in Devi? So essentially, what got what position is more available in the following year's draft of your Devi? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would think, you know, wide receivers seem to slip through the crack more often. Um, that being said, if you're up for the number one pick, it, at least in the last couple years, guys like Josh Jacobs, you know, CEH, those are the guys that end up then maybe going at the very top of the draft. But I think we've probably in our leagues seen more, more wide receivers going throughout the first round, maybe even into the second round that weren't drafted the previous year. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I mean, we're lucky to see a running back slip through. I mean, you can point to those one guys that slip through and maybe there is always that one that, that Rashad Penny, that, uh, like you said, CEH um, and Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's always that one guy. But, I mean, just looking at last year, we got Ayuk, who wasn't rostered very much. Uh, Jefferson probably should have been rostered, but wasn't rostered very much. Uh, Mims was on some rosters, not on some rosters. Uh, you know, KJ Hamler on, on some, maybe not, maybe not as much either. So there's a lot of guys slipping through. Uh, to me that it feels like that are wide receivers more than running back. So I would hit running back early in your Debbie dress early and often. That's what a lot of guys fucking do. So that's what I would do. And uh, you'll probably see wide receivers slip through more often than running backs. Yeah. I mean, even just to piggyback on that, when you look at last year, um, you know, you did have some guys fall, but then other guys that probably weren't even on the, you know, a lot of Debbie radars at all, you know, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, both had pretty solid, you know, rookie seasons. Um, you know, and I think, you know, obviously a lot of the drafts are happening after the NFL draft, but when you see these guys going where they're going, you know, early third round, um, you know, into the teams they're going to, you can kind of get an idea of like, of how they're going to be used. Um, you know, in the case of like McLaurin, you know, as Washington, they didn't really have anybody. And then you're also thinking, all right, well, they're paired. He's paired with, with Haskins. So there's some familiarity there. Um, you know, and, and McLaurin was another guy, you know, I think when you can see what they do in the pre-draft process, you know, we liked him in the senior bowl, he knocked out the the combine. So he was kind of rising to that point when he wasn't even on any of, at least on my Debbie radar before that. No, definitely. I agree with, with a lot of that. And situation takes a big, a big pull in a lot of these things, you know, guys that we haven't seen, you know, even CAH, he's probably getting boosted a lot because of his situation. Um, right. Yeah. But, uh, but anyways, moving on here. Um, we've got another question. This one comes from Jimmy Lou. So Jimmy asks, at what point in a campus to Canton draft, do you start focusing on drafting players who can help you on the college side, but not necessarily on the pro side? You want to take first stab at it or you want me to go? Um, yeah. So for this question, I mean, to me, 
we talked about a little bit before about our philosophy with this thing. You know, we're Devi guys at heart, so I, I can't tell you anything else but but to kind of look at Devi. I've always got the NFL in mind. To me, you know, even in a campus Canton draft, I'm focusing on my NFL roster. I like the campus side, and I'm going to play it, and I'm going to try to win. But I think my overall goal in the back of my mind is always to end up with the best NFL roster. So regardless, all the way through, I'm probably thinking about NFL. You know, maybe if you're in like a big 30-round draft and we're getting near the end, you know, if the last five rounds, if I just want to get some guys that are productive for my team, then yeah, I'm going to do that. Or last 10 rounds or whatever. But for a good chunk of that draft, I'd say 75%, I'm always thinking about NFL caliber players. Yeah, I think, you know, I think for me, from my perspective, it would probably be somewhere in that 10 to 15 range, uh, 10, 10, 10 to 15 round range where I start probably looking more. If you're just wanting to like, if you're focused on trying to win the campus side of things as well, that's where I'd probably start taking some of those guys, um, that are more productive that definitely aren't going to be making it into the NFL. You know, you got some of these, you know, smaller school quarterbacks that are, you know, putting up huge numbers on the ground, but are pretty undersized. You know, they're just not going to make it to the NFL as NFL quarterbacks. I think that's kind of the range where, where you start to see those kinds of guys going. Um, you know, obviously you and I can go pretty deep with Debbie, so we can probably always try and find guys, um, which we've kind of done in this draft. This, this year is completely out the window with how you, how you approach, I think campus league. So, you know, I think that would be kind of the sweet spot to really start to focus on that and maybe get ahead of some of the other guys um, that you're drafting with who are still maybe focused on on other guys that they think are going to be good for Debbie. But then, you know, Debbie's always a crapshoot. It's going to be hit and miss. So um, that would be my advice in terms of, of when I would start looking at drafting drafting those types of guys. Yeah, and maybe just because of the the effects of this year, maybe it's kind of just made me look at it more as Devi and maybe look more towards the future. I'm almost kind of blanking out next year, you know. I feel like there's going to be an asterisk beside everything. There's going to be weird seasons, weird guys missing time. So for me, I'm I'm kind of treating it like Devi, I guess. But uh, I think I can agree with that. Right around the fifteen round fifteen range sounds good. About halfway through a big thirty round draft, that'd be pretty good. But uh, moving on here, we're going to go back to our, our guy, Sal. He's a big fan of the show and a big fan of uh, Campus Catton. But um, kind of piggybacking off the last question here, he says, what does a group of five player have to do to get consideration for you to be drafted in Debbie? A lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, it's he's got to be putting up massive numbers um, for me to really take a lot of interest. And even then it's, you know, it's, it's tough to kind of pull the trigger on some of those guys. You know, I think at least in our leagues, you know, we've, I think the highest Debbie draft for us is five rounds. So it doesn't leave a lot of room to take those kind of flyers that are super productive that aren't in the power five conferences. Um, And even looking back at, you know, NFL drafts, you know, it takes, you know, you're going down the list of skill position players pretty far before you're even seeing those guys getting drafted. So, you know, I look at a guy like <clears throat> even Gandy Golden, who was, you know, pretty, his name has been around Debbie for a little while, for a couple of years now. Um, and there were, you know, there were plenty of people that really liked him and, you know, he ended up going in the fourth round. So, 
you know, he is kind of similar to McLaurin in that he has, you know, he's on the Redskins now and there's, there's some open, open spots there. So maybe he can, he can be productive, but yeah, I mean, it, it really takes a lot, a lot of production for me to kind of take notice. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. I don't think I've ever drafted uh, anybody out of the power five. Um, the only time that I've seen it is in our last draft in a dynasty showdown draft. Someone ended up taking a, a Jarrett Patterson, I think in a third round. Uh, it's just depleted too. This has been a years of Debbie. So, I mean, it makes a little bit more sense there, I guess, but uh, yeah. And I, I love Jarrett Patterson, but I think we're going to be, we're going to be lucky if he's, if he's anything above a fourth round draft pick. I mean, I think we're, sure. we're, we're lying to ourselves. If we think that he's going to be anything better than that, but uh, yeah, they have to be crazy productive. And I mean, campus Canton, sure. I'm going to draft those guys all the time. I'm going to draft them near the end, especially if they have a little bit, if they're going to be a six round, seventh round, you know, sometimes you're just looking for that at the end of the, at the end of a draft. But, um, but yeah, like you said, they're going to have to do a lot and they're going to have to be dominant. First things first is just, they're just going to have to be dominant. And if there's slips or questions, I mean, how much bigger would those questions be on a power five level? So, I mean, they got to be uh, killing everybody at that level of competition. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of anyone else that I, that comes to mind for me. Um, obviously Rashad Penny, who's kind of, kind of one of those guys, I don't think, you know, at least none of, in none, none of our leagues, he was drafted. So, you know, it's unfortunate. I guess you can always take flyers on guys like that. He was super productive in college, uh, and then ended up even getting the the draft capital with a first round pick. So right, but then but then even you look at that, and we try to use that as a good example. And what has even done in the NFL? So I mean, yeah. we got the he doesn't he doesn't have much of a track record for these group of five guys. So so it's tough. It's tough to to put your uh, to put a Debbie pick behind them. Yeah, no doubt. And partially that's because he's behind the man, Chris Carson. You know, Chris Carson. <laughs> Love mm. that dude. Dude just works RMJ's, his ass off, man. <laughs> that, that's our guy, Ryan Jones' favorite guy. Yeah, for sure. Hey, he's a penny guy. He's a penny and justice yeah. guy. So you know, I know. I'm just bugging him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just giving him some shit. So yeah, um, yeah, man. Anything else you got? Otherwise, we can just close this out. No, man. I'm feeling good. It was a good conversation. It was a little bit random, a little bit all over the place today. But uh, thanks for sticking with us. And if you guys have any more ch- more questions for us to hit on the next uh, podcast, be sure to hit me up at ff underscore guitarist. Hit my man Doug up at DGen Indie or hit our main uh, Twitter up at, at Debbie Dispensary. And uh, we'll be sure to uh, get to it on the next show. Sounds good, man. Um, yeah, maybe we'll uh, start getting into some NFL stuff, especially with the uh, NFL. Uh, yeah, I mean, we kind of skipped it today, but, you know, I know you pointed out the uh, NFL practices kind of hitting your timeline today. It's kind of a beautiful thing, especially. Oh, with, it's, so, it's so beautiful. Yeah, man. especially in light of, you know, the cancellations earlier this week. So. So yeah, man, uh, I guess that's all we got. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.